0: This is Nomadic by Nature. This is our adventure. We're so glad to have you. On our podcast, we interview individuals about traveling the world, taking risks, and best of all, turning the world into their very own playground. We can't wait to share this with you. In this episode, We interview an individual by the name of Nate Luby. Nate is a world-class photographer, Sony Alpha Ambassador, as well as Time Magazine Person of the Year. We can't wait for you to check him out. How's it going, guys? Welcome to Nomadic by Nature. We're with Nate Luby at Nate in the Wild on Instagram. How's it going, Nate?
1: I'm great. How are you two doing? We're doing good.
2: Wonderful. Thank you for asking. So we kind of wanted to start it and just ask what you've been up to since the whole isolation period has started. Um, We know you've just finished a a big shoot with Sony and we were kind of just wondering like how this has affected your plans.
1: Yeah, so things are finally starting to pick back up, I guess for better or worse. I'm not sure if um, the pandemic is at a point where things should be picking up, but they are. Um, The first you know, the first like two months of it was just pure shutdown. Um, all my gigs were canceled. I had to cancel and refund a bunch of workshop uh, tuitions and stuff, which, you know, is the right thing to do. It just kind of hurt financially. Um, and so, I don't know, I, uh, I'm i one of those people who like sort of measures their self-worth based on productivity. So, it was sort of a, it was like kind of a dark patch for me to have nothing on the radar. So, I, I filled my time with just kind of personal projects. Um, so, I like did a short film about the empty streets of seattle and i started a youtube channel and wrote some blogs and it was actually kind of nice i got to like catch up on some things that i've been postponing for a while when i had so many projects on the line and um yeah that's that's kind of it i guess the toughest part about it i should mention is that i bought a van in january and the construction on it was completed in march and so i was making sizable payments on a vehicle i wasn't able to go pick up and use <laughs> oh
2: my goodness
0: wow <laughs> yeah that, that adds a damper to it for sure
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but i'm finally in it which is nice so i'm I'm getting fresh air and sunshine back in my life so things are feeling good
0: yeah, that's, that's awesome yeah and you're in jackson hole right now correct
1: yeah yeah i'm oh. uh actually parked in the driveway at a friend's house here and it's been <laughs> been good to see familiar faces that's,
0: that's awesome, awesome. Yeah. that's the life so Going from there, just give us a breakdown. So how did you get to these places such as being an ambassador for Sony Alpha as well as the amazing accomplishments you have thus far on your website, social media, being able to do classes, that type of thing? Just where do you get that inspiration? Where did it all start?
1: Um, oh, man, that's tough. Well, so I guess I got into photography just because I uh, I love to hike. And that was just like the thing I did with my free time was go right. out on hikes and go camping. and. Um, I really kind of blame cell phone cameras for getting me into it. Cause I didn't realize I had an interest in photography until I had a camera in my pocket at all times. And then I realized it was like very addicting.
2: Right. And <laughs>
1: yeah. And so it just kind of like took off from there, I guess. I, I enjoyed taking the photos and I, I realized that I liked trying to make them look better. So I saved up and bought myself a little, you know, point and shoot camera. And then that was it for me. <laughs> it was, I was addicted then. Um, and i don't know you know, people ask a lot like when did it take off and uh i kind of like to reiterate that i guess no career really has like a a single turning point it's more like years of of grind sort of gets you to one place so i don't know if there was like a, a make it or break it moment for me I, <laughs> I still feel like i'm i'm working at it but it's been fun to like finally get to a point where i, I have an established career it's pretty fun yeah no that's awesome, no, that's
2: awesome. and I guess kind of going with that, like, I know that you've had a lot of downtime due to COVID, um, but what has really motivated you to keep pushing? I know you said that you kind of strive off of productivity, but I guess besides that, like, what has kept you in the same field, I guess, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah, um, I've always been just like sort of a a hard worker. I had this like really serious issue with procrastination as a kid. (laughs) And, I don't really know what happened, but sometime around college that like switch flipped and I can't sit still anymore, which I guess is kind of nice. So I just like, I'm happy when I'm working, which is really nice. And I'm fortunate that my job doesn't really feel like work. You know, if I'm like, I go on a 10 mile hike and I take sunset photos and I come home and I edit the photos, that's all technically work, but it feels (laughs) like it's what I would be doing if I was unemployed anyways. And so I think that really helps. Um, So like my my f- leisure activities are the same as my work activities. And so I just don't really slow down.
0: And that's the way it should be. I mean, once you mix leisure with work, you're unstoppable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, so with all the tensions are high right now in the world, like, you know, with all we can hope for is peace amongst everyone during the tough times where everyone is feeling this feeling of being lost. And uh, going back to our Instagram conversation, we talked about this idea of being. Uh, the idea of lost when it comes to traveling and what's your personal opinion on the word and what do you see as the meaning when it comes to traveling taking risks and reaching for your dreams and aspirations
1: um oh, that's a that's a long complicated question um, <laughs> yeah <Sorry. laughs> no no it's okay um i mean risk while traveling is definitely going to be like kind of the next frontier and i'm not entirely sure how i'm going to approach it um I have flown once since the pandemic started mm-hmm. and it was kind of nerve wracking. You know, just, I wore the mask the entire time I was religious with hand sanitizer and washing my hands. Um, but yeah, it's uncomfortable and I don't really know exactly what the path forward is. And I don't really feel like we have great leadership helping to, to guide us. I kind of wish we had more stringent regulations because I don't know if I fully trust corporations to do it like out of the good of their own heart. Agreed. They're
0: more looking at the money side of it.
1: Exactly. And it doesn't really seem like individuals are willing to, uh, you know, take the steps in their personal lives either. So I'm not entirely sure. I'm hoping that there's going to become some regulations to make traveling safer. Um, But for me, I guess the good news is that I've never been a traveler like going to a crowded resort and sitting on the beach drinking margaritas, I I prefer to, like, you know, be in a tent backpacking in a remote wilderness. And so for me, it's really just getting to these places that's going to be different, like flying or driving is going to be a little bit of a different challenge, but my day-to-day workload, I don't really see people to begin with. So that's kind of nice. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, since you've been traveling in the van, where have you been going and have you been sticking to mostly remote locations?
1: Yeah, pretty much exclusively remote locations. And uh, that's kind of the benefit of the van, I guess, is even when I'm somewhere like Jackson Hole, you know, it's not a big town. It's only like 5,000 people, but I don't have to check into a hotel room or like really deal with people. Um, I, I have to stock up on groceries just like I would at home, but I have a big storage area in the back. Um, so I, you know, wear a mask when I go into the store, I buy two weeks worth of food, And then I don't really have to talk to people for the most part. So I actually feel like this is probably safer than if I was in my apartment back home, to be honest.
2: No, it sounds like it. I mean, especially you have a place to sleep that's just isolated from everything else and seems a little more laid back also.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And at the peak of it, um, I picked up the van at the beginning of May, which was like when all the travel restrictions were lifted and it seemed okay. Turns out that we were just getting started. But when I... (laughs) When I first picked it up, um, we immediately just drove to like the middle of nowhere, Utah and didn't see people for like three weeks. And it was awesome. <laughs> so it's really opened up the doors in terms of like isolating in the most extreme way.
0: Exactly. You can still travel and keep up with uh, isolating yourself. So that's awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. We're going to take a break.
2: <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. If you like the music at the beginning, be sure to check out our friend Brian Kabala. Now let's get back to the show.
0: Um, You're good. But yeah, going off of uh, like your photography, what what camera do you use currently?
1: I have two cameras actually. So I, I use a Sony a7R 3 as my primary body yeah. and then uh, a Sony a7 III as my backup. And um, I guess if you've seen my Instagram, you know, I'm kind of obsessed with time lapses. So yes. that's why I have two of them. The a7 III really excels in low light. And then when it's on a tripod for four hours, I can still take photos of other things because I've definitely had a a time lapse going and then something beautiful happens behind me and I just get like filled with anxiety. So it's good to have two.
2: No, that's that's literally my problem. I'm a photographer as well. And that's why I actually have, like I have a Fujifilm X-T2 and I got it specifically for like the low light capabilities, but I, oh my goodness, like living in Flagstaff, we do a lot of astrophotography and there's so much like beauty that just happens. And I'm like, I need another camera. Like I need it.
1: Yeah. I think, <laughs> you know, once you start taking it seriously, a second body is so important.
2: Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see it. And I think, um, I, I have a, I have another Nikon that I use, but it just, it doesn't have the same capabilities as my Fuji film. So it's always hard in that aspect. So it seems like you got a good setup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we can
0: jump back into that. it. Yep. All right. Now that we're back, we're going to jump right back into it. So Nate, could you tell us, so when you first began to travel and build your photography career from your phone, like you said, what was the main goal? What, what did you see the whole picture to be, or did you, was it kind of blindly leading you down the path?
1: Um, yeah, I think it sort of led me rather than the other direction. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, I got started taking photos just on hikes and camping trips. Um, and then it sort of like naturally transitioned on its own where I eventually started taking photos that were good enough. Companies wanted to buy them from me Mm -hmm. and it was outdoor gear companies. My first paid client was Sierra designs. And that was kind of it. You know, I, like, I knew I wanted to keep hiking and camping and doing, wilderness slash nature style stuff and so um, it wasn't as much of a conscious decision but I just only pitched companies that felt like what I wanted and I knew that if I I got suckered into doing like weddings to pay the bills I probably would never get out of that Uh, not that there's anything wrong with weddings I know some incredible wedding photographers just for me it's not uh, it's not, not something that interests portrait. me personally. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm not a people photographer. I don't really enjoy portraits and stuff. So weddings aren't my jam. But I've met a lot of photographers who do that for a summer or two to pay the bills, and then 20 years later they're a wedding photographer and they feel like they missed out on their shot. So I uh, I kept my day job and I only pitched projects that were in you know the outdoor space, and eventually that picked up enough that I was able to leave my day job and I'm very fortunate I've been able to stay in my niche the entire time. That's awesome.
0: That's fantastic.
1: So this is going to be a tough
0: question I already know but what has been your (laughs) favorite type of photography that you you have shot? We've noticed a variety between wildlife, nature as well as your long exposures and uh, we just wanted to see what your personal favorite is.
1: Oh man. Um, I knew it was going to be tough. (laughs) Yeah for sure. Well, I guess I got started as a landscape photographer and I'll always love the like serenity that comes with, you know, sitting on a a mountaintop waiting for sunrise. Um, Love that. But the wildlife photography is really, really addicting also, especially, you know, the exotic stuff like polar bears, um, you know, bald eagles, et cetera. Oh, yeah, that's that's
0: awesome. Like on your uh, Instagram, the picture of the polar bear. Absolutely amazing! If you guys haven't seen it, you guys should check it out. But wow!
1: Thanks. Yeah. And then something I'm trying to get more into is actually like expedition style stuff. I like adventures. I know that's kind of ironic because I just said I don't like photographing people, but um, people when they're doing like strenuous rock climbing or like summiting a really serious mountain, I love that stuff. So I'm I'm kind of pivoting a little more to that, and it has the bonus of being a little more marketable as well.
0: Right. Exactly. A lot of companies would be looking right at that. <laughs> yep. So, and then what advice do you wish you had that you know now that you would have given to yourself back when you first started this journey and started your adventure?
1: Um, I would have told myself, I think to diversify the social media structure a little more. I was thankfully like pretty, pretty smart about the business side of things. Um, and that's like the biggest downfall for a lot of photographers is they focus on, just taking photos and they have no concept of how to structure a contract or payment terms and deliverables. And I thankfully was like pretty lucky in that regard because I had some friends that were able to help me. Um, but I actually, I do wish I'd maybe like branched into different platforms, you know, like print galleries, um, places off of Instagram, just, you know, from the get go. Um, I pretty much just focused on Instagram and selling photos directly to brands. Mm -hmm. and it would have been nice, I guess, to diversify the reach a little bit more.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So, all right, we're going to take our second break, but with that being said, check out Nate and his amazing photography on Instagram at Nate in the Wild. Hey, guys, hope you love Nate so far. Check us out on Instagram for more information about our podcast at Nomadic by Nature Podcast.
2: All right, well... Let's get back into it. But um, Nate, like as a photographer myself, I wanted to talk a little bit about wildlife photography specifically. Um, I've watched like a lot of documentaries on wildlife photography specifically. And I know that a lot of photographers choose to use long range lenses. Um, I wasn't sure like what your preference is and if you've had any like close encounters or just any crazy experiences within the wild.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, definitely. The longer lenses are the better way to go, in my opinion, Um, just because like the real desire is to capture the animal's natural behavior, you know, them interacting with their environment unencumbered and uninterfered by humans. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, using like a 400 millimeter or 600 millimeter lens is going to be the easiest way to do that because oftentimes you're far enough away that they just genuinely don't know you're there or they don't feel threatened. But um, Paul Nicklin, for example, his his wide-angle wildlife photography, I think, is just exceptional. And it's something I'd love to try. But it's, you know, it's meant for things like penguins and yeah. uh, <laughs> raccoons. Not like polar bears, necessarily. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I have, you know, I think anytime you do wildlife photography, you're going to end up with some some kind of weird close calls. Um, you know, we had a polar bear who was acting very hungry towards us last winter. Um, I was with incredible guides, and I never necessarily felt unsafe but the behavior he was displaying was that if he had the choice he definitely would have gotten a snack out of one of us (laughs) and that's you know when it's a wild polar bear you're not like looking at it through a fence or anything that's yeah it's kind of an eye-opening experience but at the same time we've had other experiences like with a, a grizzly in Alaska who was just kind of digging for clams and he walked probably 15 feet from us we didn't move he just walked right past us Oh my goodness! Completely uninterested, uh, but close enough that I couldn't use my telephoto lens to get a photo. We just got to watch him walk past, and then he went on his way. And that's those are the kinds of experiences that really make it worthwhile for me because it it just I don't know it puts you back in the moment of you're like oh man I'm I'm in this dude's house not the other way around.
2: Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the movie uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, like 100%. that's just
2: always every time I see your pictures on Instagram, that's what I always think
1: of. <laughs> my gosh, that's such a huge compliment. I love that movie. It's yeah, so beautiful. So
2: awesome. And I, I think, like, I, I know when you were talking about uh, like your bucket list shot with the polar bear on your Instagram, uh, like a few months ago, like that's all that was going through my head. Like it was just, it was so amazing. And you're totally right. Just like seeing them in their natural, like their natural beauty without like the interference of the humans just makes it all that more beautiful, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that scene at the very end of that movie where he's he's watching the snow leopard and he, he kind of says, like, put the camera down and just enjoy it. Yeah. I, uh, I've i always kind of liked that, but I also, it's like the only part of the movie I rebel against a little bit because <laughs> for me, sometimes looking through the camera is how I enjoy it. And I feel like I I absorb scenes a little better sometimes through a viewfinder. You're able to zoom in more and look at different parts of the frame and and actually i feel like i remember scenes sometimes better that way than just like looking through it but for the purposes of the movie it was it was great <laughs> <laughs> just a little critique here and there you yeah. know yeah, yeah yeah just that part gets referenced a lot especially with wildlife photography they're like oh if you're a true photographer sometimes you won't take the shot and it's like well some of us have to eat <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get to a point in my career where I can see a wild snow leopard and not take the photo, but uh, I'm not there yet.
0: <laughs> one day, one day, we all can hope. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. And we just can't wait for our viewers and your viewers to check this out and kind of see this first podcast of Nomadic by Nature. So we really appreciate having you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is fun.
2: Yeah, thank you. Awesome.
0: Yeah, guys, check out Nate in the Wild on Instagram. Awesome account. He has wildlife photography, nature photography, and honestly, it's one of the most aesthetic accounts we've seen. So check it out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, Nate. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out our first season. If you want to check out more of our podcasts, photos, as well as our website, check out Nomadic by Nature podcast on Instagram.